So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTFF, everybody. Happy Tuesday evening if you're joining us live, and I sure hope you are because we have a terrific episode this evening. We are mock drafting. Our first one early, early in the offseason here. Is it ever too early to mock draft? No, it is not. So yeah, we are mock drafting a Superflex Dynasty startup going through about 9, 10 rounds. We'll see how, how far we get here, uh, but this is going to be a lot of fun. I love these episodes just to see what people actually do here. Uh, and I like to keep my skills nice and sharpened as well. But before we do that, uh, we've got other things to cover, of course. Um, let me introduce my co-host, joining me every single week, Jake Trowbridge. How are you doing this evening, Jake? I'll answer that with a song. Mock. Yeah. yeah. Ing. Yeah. yeah. Draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited, man. I have been waiting for this mock draft since our last mock draft, pretty much. And this cures my itch of joining startups. So I don't actually have to do that and like invest a lot of time and money down the road. I just get to do the fun part of drafting tonight. So I'm That's glad right. that we're doing this. Yes, me too. Me too. Should be a lot of fun, as I said. Uh, but before we get into it, Jake, our beer of the week, you dropped off something tasty looking. Yeah, I'm pretty goddamn excited about this one. This is from Southern Tier, who, in my opinion, does almost no wrong. Mm-hmm. Southern Tier Brewing is uh, known for their dessert beers, dare I say. I've had a creme brulee beer that is just out of this world from them. Basically, everything that they do is fantastic. This one is from their Shake Shop series. It's a Blueberry Whirl Milkshake IPA. And I poured this bad boy out. Dustin, it's a nice, thick, juicy color. You can't really see because my stupid background. But uh, it's got that, like, ecto-cooler, high C kind of uh, look to it. I like that. Big fan of the ecto-cooler punch back in my day. You get some of them squeeze boxes back in your youth? No, I did. (laughs) So this tastes and smells a hell of a lot like blueberries. So it's good. It's not, Mm -hmm. like, skimping, you know? The milkshake aspect, Dustin, you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the brewer. But Mm -hmm. that's supposed to kind of level that shit out with the IPAs, right? It's supposed to kind of take away some of the bitterness. Is that right? It does. I mean, it adds a layer of sweetness more than taking away the bitterness, uh, because Mm. lactose is just milk sugar. So it's just it's adding sugar and the sweetness into the beer, Um, along with the blueberries, obviously, is adding sweetness as well. So, um, and these, these types of milkshake IPAs, they're not known for their overly bitterness. It, it's more of that, um, aroma and hits you at the, the back end, uh, punch to it. Not that dank, bitter, burning your tongue off, uh, hoppiness. It doesn't scrape and claw its way into your mouth. It just mm-hmm. kind of, it chills out, you know, it puts out the vibe. Somewhere mm-hmm. on your tongue. So I, I like it. I think it's tasty as hell. I'm giving it a four and a quarter. Dustin, what do you think? Um, I'll give it a three. Painstaking. Oh, fuck. Oh, come on. You talked it up so much in all of the style that you like, and then you give it a three. I, it's bushly. Well, well, I can talk up what a beer is supposed to taste like and, and what to expect, but doesn't mean I have to like it. It's All fine. Right. It didn't deliver, you're saying. It's fine. I think it's the blueberries. You don't like the bloobs? I don't know if I've ever had a blueberry beer before, so maybe that's what it oh, is. Yeah. And maybe you should never again. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, I'm never going to stop trying to win your affection over with new beers, so I will try oh. again harder next time. No, and I got uh, really excited because, um, as you said, Southern Tier, they're a great uh, brewery. I don't think of it. And this isn't a bad beer. It's just not my style. Like it's, I can tell it's brewed well. It's brewed well. It's just not to my taste buds. That's that's all. It's brewed well if your intention was to brew a mediocre beer. Apparently, with your three stars over there, get out of here. 
All right. Well, it's not well, like it... three out of a million. Oh, three out of five. I mean, an average. <laughs> God. Actually, slightly above, I guess. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I don't want to dwell too much on this because we've got drafters in the waiting mm-hmm. with us, Dustin. They are waiting in the wings to kick this thing off. I don't want to leave them hanging out too longer. So shout out to all of our mock drafters that are going to be hanging out with us for this episode. We're doing the Superflex Dynasty 12-teamer. We're putting a somewhat short clock in this 90 seconds. We're going to try and get after it. We've got nine rounds to get through. So in lieu of that, Dustin, I don't have a drunk trade of the week. I want to get right in. I'm sorry. I want to get right into the I know. I know. But as always, please submit more drunk trades so that when we are not mock drafting, we can be mocking your drunk trade. How about that? Let's do it. Should we get into it? Yeah, but first... So, because I don't have the drunk trade drop, I do want to kick us off in style. Here we go. I want a mock! Oh, well done, Jake. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. I do what I can. All right. So, before we do this thing, uh, Dustin, should should we even bother with the uh, randomizing the draft order do we want to do that people have claimed their spots do no, we care I think, no i think people claim their spots let's just yeah. let's just hit the timer and go i think that's completely fair let's do this damn thing i love the sound off. of a fresh draft that's right so yeah um interesting to see what the first pick will be here wow well, wow i'm going to mute that <laughs> i'm going to mute that tab <laughs> My goodness. That was kind of nice for the first one, Sleeper, but uh, yeah. I don't think we can have that going no. forward here. No, not not every pick. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a super flex, as we talked about, so we should not be shocked, as you're alluding to here, at what's flying off the board, which is quarterbacks. So we've got Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Straight through the first five, we've got QBs. Out of that bunch, uh, I mean, any shockers? I can't imagine so, Dustin. No, so far, not so much. All right, now here's where it's going to get interesting is we were talking about this a little bit before the show, and not to spoil too much for or give too much away for the drafters that are in there, by the way. Um, But I... Uh, oh, Dustin, what do you mean? He's telling me to move my screen up. He's using the private chat like he should, but I just I need you to use words. I don't know what well, you mean. We we can't see uh, uh, on my screen here. I can't see the top of the players. Who's there? You go. That's better. Oh, there we go. Now I there understood. See, there I needed you, you to say it to me. I, I I can't read. I can't interpret things. But <laughs> as we were talking about before the show, it'll be curious to see how many non-quarterbacks go through. I would say the first two rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Now here, here's an interesting dilemma for me here, because um, we've got two, four, five, six quarterbacks already off the board. Uh, got the tight turn. Do I take the seventh best quarterback off the board or the best running back off the board? Ah, uh, right. That that, that is the that is the dilemma here. Or do I take what is maybe the one B of wide receivers in Justin Jefferson? Um, I guess it really depends how we want to build my team out. Um, and you know what? I am going to do right there. Justin Jefferson. I, I, I'm, I'm going for youth here, starting with arguably one of the best wide receivers in the game. Look, I don't, I don't hate it, man. I really don't hate it. I think, um, it was interesting. So Jamar Chase going at the 106, and then Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. Then you're taking Justin Jefferson. Did part of you want to take who the next person did in Jonathan Taylor? I did. I I, I really thought about it. Um, and I know running back drops off so damn quick. But, I mean, I got Justin Jefferson now for the next 10 years. Easy. So, hard to, hard to argue with that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, as long as Kirk Cousins 
throwing him the ball. He should mm-hmm. be a super stud, right? He's mm-hmm. he's the only reason we really like him, I think. Um, no, I don't <laughs> I don't hate that. Uh even a little bit here. Now Deshaun Watson goes after Jonathan Taylor, then Dak Prescott. I know we both had questions, uh, especially about Dak going into mm-hmm. this and whether we would want him as our quarterback one. So at that stage, I'm actually kind of glad in a way. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's going to be reliable, but I think we both just have the Mike McCarthy hangover. We do. Yeah, we're we're a little uh, jaded on that. Jaded is the exact right word. I'm struggling here of deciding for running back versus uh, wide receiver. There's a certain tight end who shall not be named that I'm not going to take just yet. So I'm going to go with Najee Harris. I don't nice. know why people have such strong feelings against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird to me. I don't like it. Um, so I'm going to start with Najee, and then this might get me mocked in the chat. But I'm going to follow it up with the second running back and go DeAndre Swift. I'm foregoing Ooh. quarterbacks, Dustin. Hero RB yeah. for Jake. Yeah. So we'll um, see how that transpires the rest of the way. So I, I want to get back to the Deshaun Watson uh, pick there at 110. Do you think um, as draft season gets going and more, you know, ADP comes out with Watson being the starter there in Cleveland. Do you think we'll see his ADP climb and he's going to start jumping some of these other quarterbacks that we've seen? Boy, I honestly don't know if he can jump too much higher because the guys that went ahead of him, of course, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, like these guys are solidified studs. So I just can't imagine... Of course, yeah, there will be clarity, mm-hmm. and uh, his suspension may or may not happen, and if it doesn't, then, yeah, I think people will feel more confident, but it's also, he's been out of football for a year. He's going to a offense that has not shown itself to provide fantasy studs, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, I personally would not be moving him any higher up, but I, I can see a world where maybe between him and Lamar, I guess people err with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was thinking. And maybe I know this sounds a little blasphemous. I not soured, but I'm a little bit down. I think more than the the masses out there at Kyler. Um, oh, do tell. I, I don't know. We, we've seen him get injured the last couple of years and he doesn't really seem happy in Arizona right now. So does he go to a different team? Is it as friendly? I, you know, there's just some questions there that I just. I don't like, not that I knock him down a ton of pegs, but just, you know, maybe a couple spots. So it's just, I don't know, my own little thing there. Oh, hey, I'm back nope. on the clock. I get it. You you are back up. So Kyle Pitts, the tight end who I didn't want to name, did go off. And I don't, I don't even hate it. I don't because I love Kyle Pitts and his potential. Now, granted, this is not a tight end premium format, but regardless, it is so nice to have a locked up stud at tight end. And not have to worry about trading for these guys who may or may not break out. Mm -hmm. And never break out for me. So, you know, as somebody who loathes streaming tight ends or dealing with that, I do like that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was auto-picked after him. I was really hoping Javante was going to make it back to me. That was going to make the selection way easy for me. Um, Now, what if Christian McCaffrey had made his way? Would it be the same ease? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I am going to stay young here, um, and I'm going to go CD. I'm going to double up on wide receivers. I know we just talked about how we're not sure about that offense with Dak, but CD is just way too good, way too good. Yeah, and obviously with wide receivers, you're targeting not just this immediate future. You're tar- He's so young. He's going to be around forever, and... Uh... You know, he's he's like an A.J. Green level of production, I mm-hmm. think, every year. So not to say, like, he'll be the number one necessarily, but that consistency, I think, will be really nice. Mm-hmm. Now, Trey Lance going after him. So I love the upside pick. Love, love, love the upside pick of Trey Lance. Are you nervous at all that they are holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo? I know it's basically a formality, but is there any concern that he won't start this year? No, I don't think so. I, I'm not uh, too worried about that. I think he will be starting. Jimmy G will be traded eventually. Uh, I think it's going to happen after the draft. 
and we'll see if one of those QB needy teams gets their quarterback they want, or maybe they want Jimmy as a bridge quarterback for the season. Uh, but I, yeah, Trey Lance will be starting. Yeah, I believe so too. I just, I've been burned in the past and I didn't want to say it <laughs> without some assurance from my co-host, Joe, who is one of our lovely mock drafters. Give me my mobile QBs, Konami Code Styly. Yep. Uh, so he's Camps. the one who took Lamar and Trey Lance and yeah, man, I get it. That yep. safety blanket of it, rushing? Yep, it's hard to argue. Now, hard can you argue, argue against... So, we had our second tight end go right after Trey Lance with Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. I'm a believer in Kyle Pitts. I would take that bullet for Kyle Pitts. I don't know if I would take it for Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, a lot of his production last year did come with the backup quarterbacks in there. Not to say that he was bad with Lamar by any stretch. We've covered this on a previous episode, though. The splits were definitely more in his favor when it was uh, Tyler, not Huntley. God damn it. Who's the other backup behind Lamar Jackson? I don't know. Trey Sorley? No. I'm forgetting all of my T names. But regardless, whoever the hell was backing him up uh, gave Mark Andrews a big boost down the stretch last year. Yeah, I can't recall his name either. And if I really wanted to, I could, you know, look it up since we've got time here. But I am not going to because I'm feeling lazy tonight. God, um, you're going to be that guy. I will look it up. But do you want to talk about Cooper Cup and whether that was too high or too low? If you say too low, I'm going to punch you through the screen. No, I don't think it was too <laughs> high because uh, I actually considered taking him. But since we are doing a dynasty startup, uh, I try to tend to go... I'm trying something that I normally don't go and go going a little bit more youth oriented as opposed to the established veterans. I mean, Cooper Cup's going to be good for another two, three years. Easy. Um, so, I I mean, you're guaranteed points with him. So I, I don't mind that there at all, especially as your number one. I get it. Now, Debo. Now you can talk mm-hmm. about Debo. Now it's allowed. I, He's off I thought board. about him, too. Um but that high, I mean, I love you know how much I love Debo, but I do think there's going to be a little bit of regression this year, and he's not going to live up to that high draft capital. So that's why I did not draft him, even though I really, really wanted to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad pick, I and mean, you got him forever. I mean, he's, he's young, so I don't hate it, but I just I feel like there is going to be some regression there. Uh, yeah, regression, schmagression is what I say. Go with, go with mm-hmm. your heart. Take Debo. Well, I couldn't because I picked CD instead. Um, finished out the second round. We had Stafford, <laughs> Russell Wilson, and Tyree Kill. And then starting the third, we had Eckler, AJ Brown, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, Antonio Gibson through the first half of the first, third round there. Um, interesting that Antonio Gibson went, uh, as high as he did, went ahead of Barkley, who just uh, got drafted. That's a little shocking to me. Jake, thoughts? Uh-oh. Looks like I lost Jake. Um, so we are having a run of running backs here. Um, Gibson, Barkley, Joe Mixon just went. I really want to take a running back here, so I feel like I can get someone solid. Um, we've got Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Nick Chubb. Um, yeah, so some interesting choices here. I think ultimately I am, I'm going to go with the guy that gives me that PPR upside here. And I know I shouldn't bet against Derek Henry just because he's amazing and everything he does, but I am going to take Alvin Kamara. I do like that, uh, dual threat. Uh, PPR upside there with Kamara in that offense, especially with Jameis coming back. Um, I, I do think that he's going to retain his value for the next couple years easily. And then uh, possibly, um, you know, could just be a, a good receiving back for a number of years, even if he doesn't uh, uh, take over or keep the, the running portion. And and we're back here with the live screen too. Sorry, folks, that we're uh, 
uh, following us along live. Um, Jake's internet um, having some internet issues, so uh, I'm taking over here. Had to reshare the screen. Uh, so my apologies that you didn't see that. Um, right after my pick, Jalen Hurts, DK Metcalf went. Um, I wish I might have looked at quarterback a little bit harder. Um, there, I might have taken uh, Jalen Hurts there. I do think he's going to have really good fantasy value uh, for the next couple years at least. Um so I don't mind that pick there, especially when you're going with Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams. Uh, starting off with that, you're getting a good quarterback that's going to give you good production there. I like that pick at that spot. Uh, and then Jake's on the clock. He's probably going to get um, auto-drafted here um, because he's getting to... Uh, uh, laptop restarted. Uh, question in the chat here in our our uh, sleeper chat, um, asking about worries about suspensions for Kamara. I don't think so. I'm not really worried about it, um, and I don't think it would be for a full season anyway. So I I don't. It'll it'll be for a minimal if he actually does get suspended. Okay, um, as I said, uh, DK Metcalf, uh, Jalen Waddle. I like Jalen Waddle. I, I I really like that pick there. I really wanted him on my team. Um, I didn't want to take him there in the second, though. There's too many other good players ahead of him that I would would have rather taken. Um, and if I didn't need a, a running back, I probably would have uh, tried to take him there. Oh, and then Jake doubled up uh, with quarterbacks at the turn there uh, with Trevor Lawrence and Aaron Rodgers. Um, getting Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of the fourth um, as, what, the like 14th quarterback off the board? I mean, come on. Yeah, 14th quarterback off the board. You're getting them in the... the fourth round you know you're going to get at least two really good solid years of production out of them probably elite level uh production so i that that seems like a no-brainer at that point um quarterback is starting to get a little bit gross here i don't want to have to reach for a quarterback with my pick but i am one of just uh one of two teams that does not have at least one quarterback yet so i do kind of feel like i need to to take at least one here to get going to give myself uh, at least a, a quality starter. And I'm using quality in, uh, in air quotes here. I don't really like any of these choices. Um, Mac Jones Tua, Zach Wilson, Kirk cousins, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, yeah, there's some, there's some interesting choices here, but uh, nothing that's, sets my uh heart on fire um and i don't think um quarterback will make it back to me and since i'm running out of time i'm gonna go with kirk cousins here um only because i want to double him up with uh justin jefferson and um take that take that uh, double bubble there um with the stack uh Okay, and then uh, Travis Etienne goes next. Um, I do think that he will be uh, an interesting one to watch this season. Um, coming back from that injury, see if he gets fully recovered. I know, you know, we saw um, Cam Akers come back this year, looked really good um, in his limited playing time. Kind of felt like he was rushed back a little bit, but um, you know, he did look good. Uh, Tom Brady just went next. I did actually think about taking the uh, Super Bowl Tom, but ultimately uh, took that pass on him, uh, just age-wise. Jake, welcome back. 
Justin, I'm back. Viewers, I'm doing this mobile because my computer is a large piece of garbage. Uh, so this is not an endorsement for MacBook. MacBook is not a sponsor of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy <laughs> Football podcast. Uh, I'm sure you covered all the greatness. But did you talk about my awesome QB turn? I did. I, I did. Of course I did. I I, I I espoused a lot on how I like that Rodgers pick. Um, going with the 14th quarterback off the board. Uh, in the fourth round, getting Rodgers. I think that's a great move. I liked the one for now and one for later thing. I do believe Trevor Lawrence will get better. So I, I think mm -hmm. that he'll ultimately be saved here this year. Uh, definitely better than last year. Um, so so I like that. I see you finally took a quarterback yourself. I did. No, I, I know you missed out on, on my conversation about it. Um I, I thought about taking Tua. He was ranked higher than Cousins, but I wanted the stack with Jefferson, and I figure I'd get at least a couple years of that nice stack for the double. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why I took Cousins there as as my number one QB. Can't feel good. It cannot feel good, Dustin, but I get, but I get it. That stack is going to be nice for the next year and a half. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Um, I am a little shocked, uh, I'll say, at this, you know, Travis Kelsey in the fourth round still feels like a steal in a weird way. And I understand mm -hmm. he's like a million years old, but for this year alone, he feels worth it. Absolutely. Especially with um, Tyreek out of the picture there. We don't know who they're going to throw to in the backfield, if anyone. So he's at de facto number one receiving option on that team right now. So he's going to get his targets. Um, so I think for the next couple years, he's probably pretty safe. Agreed. Agreed with that. Any other surprises here as we get through the, the third and fourth rounds? I mean, really, not a ton of big surprises. Uh, I was talking about right before you popped on about ETN um, being drafted ahead of some of these other running backs. Uh, could pay off in spades. It, it really could. If he comes back healthy, um, it, it could be a boon in a, in a really nice um, pick right there in the middle of the fourth. Uh, surprised that Derrick Henry made it to the, almost the end of the fourth, I'll be honest. Because um, all he does is produce. And this was his first injury. He came back in the playoff game and looked all right. So, I mean, I really don't have any concerns about him uh, moving forward. So that that's really kind of my big surprise is how long that Derrick Henry lasted. One thing I did want to point out that I loved to see was T. Higgins going in the fourth mm -hmm. round. We've talked in the past about how the divider between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, not that big. I don't think the gap is that big. So I kind of love that. I mean, mm -hmm. nothing, of course, against Jamar Chase or taking Jamar Chase in the first. I get it. But T. Higgins feels like a steal down the floor. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So here you're talking about surprises. Big surprise here in the fifth was A.J. Dillon going in the third pick of the fifth round. No sign of Aaron Jones yet, which is we, which is surprising. I mean, we've got a believer in the up-and-comer in Green Bay. We've got a quad lever. Mm -hmm. that, that was a terrible portmando on quad and believer, but I'm oh, there. Aaron the Jones ones. finally went. Uh, it's because you said so. It's because probably. You said so. And I'm curious, maybe ADP is kind of uh, a little askew on sleeper. Who knows? Maybe. It or very it's well just could the fact be. that Aaron Jones is getting up there in age, and we know that there was kind of a passing of the torch in some way last year. Uh, with Aaron Jones seeding a lot of the rushing work to A.J. Dillon. So that could be the thought. Uh, and this is gross, this pick right here. I I want to take another quarterback so I can at least say I have two. Um, uh, it's like Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Davis Mills, Baker, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz. It's getting real gross real fast here. Um, yeah. Do you do you punt it all the way down or do you just take the scraps? And this is where value gets really key. And we talk about it on this podcast, too. Letting the draft come to you, not getting so worked up that, like, I don't have X player at X position. Because obviously, mm -hmm. hey, we're here in March. If this was for real, we've got months before we have to start a starting mm -hmm. line. Yep. 
And I, I'm, I'm punting the quarterback position. Decided to go Josh Jacobs, uh, get myself a second running back there, and someone that, again, has some receiving upside. Now, Josh Jacobs actually does feel like a steal, and a lot of people will not agree with that, and, and, and I get it. His receiving totals have gone up every single year. Yeah, some of that was due to other injuries last year in the backfield, but I'm not, I'm not sweating that. Mm-hmm. Interesting here, uh, right after me, George Kittle went. So the person um, right after me in the draft here in the fourth and fifth round went Kelsey and Kittle. Thoughts on that, Ooh. Jake? You know, in a non-tight end premium, I I don't love it. Now, the flex positions that we do have here, there are two flex spots that you can start additional tight ends. So in a tight end premium, I, I don't hate that. Um, but it is a little... It's a little too bold for me. I don't think mm-hmm. I can do it. So let me see who I can check here. And this is where I get into trouble. All right, I'm doing it. I love this guy. I want him on my team. Elijah Moore, welcome. Yep, nice pick. Um, going back to the middle of, of the fifth round there, Terry McLaurin going over the likes of DJ Moore and Chris Godwin. A uh, little surprised by that. I know they're kind of all in that same area, but I, I would personally take either DJ Moore or Chris Godwin above Terry McLaurin at this point. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with you on that, actually. Um, I can't really talk a lot, though, because I just took two rookie, or not rookie, two very young wide receivers who it's all about ceiling. So I, I'm not really one to talk. I mean, going a half round later than Terry McLaurin, I went with Elijah Moore and Michael Pittman. I just believe in the upside too mm-hmm. much there. But, I mean, it looks bad right next to Chris Godwin. I mean, Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. a proven dude, he's, what, 27, 28. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then drafting out of the 11th spot, um, waiting until the sixth round to take your first running back and you get Zeke. Cool. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that. I mean, Zeke's got, what, probably two years of really good production, if not high-end production left in him. Uh, in, in an offense, we're expecting to be very high-octane. Um, I really like that move. That is that is hell of a value there. I believe that his high-end days are behind him, but that doesn't mean that it's a bad pick there because if he still gets you that upper RB2 range, Production for two years. You're still excited. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So the question goes, where to next, Jake? Where to next? Uh, I'm, I'm going to get off of this. I was on two. I was on two screens at one time for those who were uh, uh, not watching and it, it got to be too much. I could hear myself inside myself and it was it was concerning. So um, I do like I do want to talk about David Montgomery real quick. Um, David Montgomery, it feels like one of those backs where you could speed. You could see Khalil Herbert maybe eating into his workload. Are you concerned about that at all this year? Uh, this year, not really. I know it's a new coaching staff there, but Montgomery has proven that he he can carry the load. And um, I, I don't really yeah. have any concerns for this season with him. Load. Uh, Leonard Fournette. My God, yep. how far he's fallen. It is a little outrageous. And I actually feel kind of stupid for not taking him uh, with one of my picks here recently because he's right back in Tampa Bay. Everything is set up for him so well this season, and I kind of don't care beyond this season. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was my thought. As I was looking at the other running backs, I really thought about Michael Carter. Spoiler alert, he could be one of my drinking buddies this offseason, um, depending on how the Jets draft goes. I really like him in his situation right now. Um, so I really thought about taking him, but ultimately when I saw Lenny there, I'm like, Oh, that, that's like a no-brainer for at least this season. Oh, yeah. You're, you might have to fight me for, uh, for drinking buddy privileges on that well, one. Whoever gets the I, show sheet is just going to... Didn't I just call it? 
I feel like I called that like four episodes ago, quite mm. frankly. I'd have to go back to the tape. I'll go back to the tape, though. Oh, please I, do. I think I might have. Uh, you know, I don't have that much time to go back and listen <laughs> to me. So I'm, I'm just going to cede it to you, probably. Uh, yeah, no, I do love Michael Carter. There he goes. Comes off with Welty. Way to go, Welty. Um, Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know what to think of Devonta Smith. Uh, obviously, when he came out this past year, we expected great things. Quarterback is going to stay the same for him at least this year. And he had a decent season. It's not like he had a bad season. Yeah, it it just didn't live up to the expectation. And maybe the expectations were too high to begin with. And that's not a him problem. That's an us problem. Or yeah, me, problem, I mean, if you're trying to if you're trying to compare him to Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, who have had like ultimate rookie seasons two years in a row. Well, yeah, that's not a fair, fair expectation for him or for right. any wide receiver for that matter. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, <laughs> that was me him and hawing and then eventually just admitting that you're right on that. One guy that I did think about taking that flew off just a couple of picks after my last one, Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. So Darren Waller going as the fifth tight end. It's the Devontae Adams predicament here. Uh, Devontae Adams went at the 3-4. Darren Waller went at the 6-3. It's who do you believe for the next two years will be Derek Carr's primary target? Do you believe in it's the Devante. college? Okay, it's, so you believe in the college I, I, tandem. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, there's a reason why Devontae went there. Um, he likes Derek Carr. He wants to play with him again. Um, and I think they're you know going to use Devontae like they did they saw how he was used in Green Bay. You know, just give him all the freaking targets. So then my question is, Darren Waller is essentially just another guy at tight end if Devontae is going to be taking all of those targets away. I think so. I mean, Hunter Renfro is still there, and I know he really saw his usage increase when Waller was injured last year, but he did prove himself also. And, you know, we were just talking about uh, Josh Jacobs. So, I mean, there's going to be some more mouths to feed in that offense. And and I do think that uh, that Devante will be the, the de facto number one in that offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to argue against uh, our Green Bay favorite there. But I it, it made me worry. And that's why I hesitated on clicking off on Darren Waller. So that makes a lot of sense. As we go through some of this other... Uh, Selections. Some of the other selections from the last two rounds. We've got older guys coming off the board at wide receiver. Finally, finally, Keenan Allen comes off the board. Finally, mm-hmm. Mike Evans. Finally, DeAndre Hopkins at the seven oh five. Would you have thought last year at this time that a guy like DeAndre Hopkins would fall this far down the draft board? No, I was really hoping he was going to fall to me, to be honest, because um, that would have been a like smash pick right there. Um. Yeah, I mean, or had Evans or Keenan Allen fallen to me at the, that next pick, like those would have been easy no brainers. Um, how do you feel about Amon Ross St. Brown being drafted ahead of like Mike Evans and Hopkins? I personally won't do it because I am of the mind that, as we talked about in last week's episode with Chase Vernon, where Amon Ross St. Brown a little bit more of an illusion than I think people want to believe, or that's what I'm choosing to believe in him. Mm-hmm. I think he will be a serviceable replacement guy, but I don't think that he is Mike Evans, a DeAndre Hopkins level of production. And in fact, Darnell Mooney, a guy who I was hoping would worm his way back to the uh, the end of this round so I could scoop him up. I would rather take a Darnell Mooney personally um, than Amon Ross St. Brown Here's a big one for you, though, Dustin, because I know mm-hmm. that you're the anti-Amari Cooper guy, especially on this podcast. So you must be relieved that he went off the board uh, before he got to your pick just now. Uh, yeah, but when I'm looking at the wide receivers now, it's like I don't feel great about any of these coming up here. Uh, you know, I still need a tight end. I could still use another quarterback. That you could. And I, and I know that, you know, we're only going through nine rounds here, so we only have, you know, three more picks. Um, so it's like I don't have to fill all my, my starting roles. I, I get that. But 
Um, I think ideally we'd like we'd like to if we can, of course. Again, acknowledging that if this was a real draft, who cares? Because it's six mm-hmm. months before the start of the NFL season, which feels way too long. Uh, not six months. No, that's too long. It's only like four. Time is it even linear? I don't know. But you're on the clock here with 20 seconds to go, so I'm just going to keep distracting you as much as possible. Yeah, I'll take so Ryan Tannehill. And it worked. And it worked. A terrible, terrible pick. Terrible? Uh, Ryan Tannehill. You think that's terrible? terrible. Absolutely terrible. No, not really. Why? He's fine. I was going to say, He's why? Fine. Okay. I was going to say, why is this terrible? No, I, okay. I mean, it's, it's really not, a, not. It's not a sexy pick by any means, but. No. And he's got A.J. Brown, um, who's the other wide receiver. He's got Bobby Trees. You know, yeah. he's, coming he's got back some weapons injury. there. So it's like, and Derek Henry fine. coming back. Yep. He's the tier right below your Kirk Cousins is mm-hmm. in their cars. He's immediately below them for me in mm-hmm. this tier. So, yeah, it's fine. You won't be screwed at quarterback right. now. And I think that actually is worth saying because in a super, in a flex, super flex format yeah mm-hmm. you you need something there so no i don't hate it uh brandon Ayuk going off the board right after uh of course now mm-hmm. here's the discrepancies again so Debo samuel way up at 209 brandon Ayuk at the 709 that's a big gap are it we is. just banking on it being the doghouse thing with shanahan no i don't think so but like you know, we were just saying, there's a lot of weapons in that offense with Debo. You got Kittle, um, Elijah Mitchell uh, catching passes out of the backfield. I mean, that there's there's weapons there. Trey Lance, we don't know what to do with him. We expect him to be running the ball a lot. So, um, is it going to be as pass friendly as it was with Jimmy G? Hard to say. So. Uh, I, I just don't know what to think with Ayuk, so that's why I passed over him, and I wasn't overly in love um, seeing him there at that point. Yeah, that's fair. I get it. Uh, I am shocked you didn't take Cortland Sutton, who just. I know, out. I know. I saw him, and I was like, I wanted to, but I just couldn't quite pull the trigger. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I do. I do get it. I'm just I'm smitten with him. I was a little bummed to not see him. So I pivoted and took Michael Thomas. I understand the reality of Michael Thomas, which is he could he even his way out for of the two week. years. <laughs> he could. But every year that he's actually played, it has been mm-hmm. twelve hundred yards at least, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. that's what you're signing up for if he actually does come back. So I was willing to take the chance on that. And you know, James loves to chuck the ball around too. So, oh goodness, oh goodness, yes. So I, I feel like he's still the only game in town with the Saints. So I felt good about it. This is where it gets gross. I don't want to take a tight end here because it feels like I'm bailing if I take a tight end here. It feels like I'm admitting defeat, and I don't want to do that. I've made it this far, so I'm going to wait and take one in the last round. I don't want to leave a draft without Brandon Cooks, so God damn it, I'm taking Brandon Cooks as my fourth wide receiver. Nice. I don't hate as your fourth wide receiver. I don't hate that mm-hmm. at all. And you know, getting back to your tight end comment, I was feeling the same way. It's like after the first, you know, big three or four, you know, went off the board. I was like, now we're kind of in that dead zone for tight ends, where it's like I'd rather just wait a while and especially in a non uh, tight end premium league. It's like, yeah, I can, I can put together a couple tight ends later and, and stream the position a little bit uh, throughout the season to make that work. Yeah. Well, runner 22, 13 took all of the good tight ends. So we really didn't have a true options. story. <laughs> See, there's your strategy. You're really mm-hmm. just boning the rest of us and <laughs> not allowing us to have a decent tight end. Well, uh, so I do respect know- it. I got yeah. it. And now, you know, you can, uh, um, ask for a lot in the trade. Yeah, I, that that is something I want to hit on here as we're in the the last couple of rounds. Obviously, you're on the clock here, so I don't want to bug you too much. But as I'm wondering about strategy, when you do these uh, really early off, I got sniped. Runner sniped me. I was going to take Allen Robinson. Boo. Boo. 
No, boo on you for wanting to take Allen Robinson. He's betrayed me too many times. In the eighth round, though? In the eighth round. I won't allow it. I won't allow it. No, I get it. He's the number two in LA. Well, Um, I'll I'll take Juju. I'm only mostly kidding. You want the Kansas City number two wide receiver behind Marquez Valdez Scantling, obviously. Obviously. Am I right? And Byron Pringle. Uh, Is he still there? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Marquis Hollywood Brown, taken by Joe. I actually did have a moment where I thought about taking Hollywood. Um, I couldn't commit. I think Rashad Bateman does, as we talked about last episode. I think he starts to eat his way into this offense a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I felt more confident in a short-term perspective going after the absolute ones unquestioned in their offenses with Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks. Marquise Brown uh, obviously has to deal with more than just Rashad Bateman. He's got Mark Andrews there as well, taking away. And and J.K. Dobbins, who I didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was during my ghost absence uh, where he got drafted. But It was. J.K. Dobbins at the 501 is really interesting. Cam Akers got taken right before that uh, by the same person. Pigbird, way to go, loading up on those uh, injured running backs who we haven't seen in a bit. Not a bad strategy to get them a little bit late. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when I took Cousins in the fourth, I actually considered taking Dobbins there because um, I do think he's going to have a really good season. But ultimately, I, with the run on the quarterbacks, I just didn't feel like I could wait another round. Um, but I did consider taking him there because I thought that that value, even in the fourth, was was pretty good for Dobbins. Agreed. And in Dynasty, I feel much better just trying to piece my piece mail my way through running back, you know, and acknowledging that I'll trade for somebody. I will find pieces to fill in at running back because we talk about it every year. There's like a mm-hmm. hundred running backs that finish in the top 12 at least once, you know, per season. Yep. If you can identify them, it's an okay strategy. Mm-hmm. It's risky. But but it happens. But no, I, what I wanted to talk about when you were on the clock was how much do you actually look at trade value when you're drafting in Dynasty? Do you look at it at all? No, I, I don't. I mean, I obviously know I'm going to be making trades before the season starts because um, your team is really never complete. I don't care how great you think your draft was. Your team is never complete. Or, or there's no way to make it improvement, even if it's incrementally. So I, I, I mean, I don't like go like, okay, I'm drafting this guy so I can trade them, you know, in a couple weeks or whatever. I don't ever do that when I'm, I'm in the draft, but, um, does that answer your question? I, I felt like I was going to say more and then I just stopped. No, it's great. <laughs> I think it's exactly <laughs> what I need to hear. And I do feel the same way. I feel like trying to project that, Hey, it just gets too, too difficult. Unless you know your league mates super well. Mm-hmm. If this is a startup, you've been in leagues with them multiple times before and you understand their mindset, maybe, maybe. But it's still pretty risky to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the couple of tight ends that I thought maybe would work their way back to me both went off the board. TJ Hawkinson yep. and Pat Fryermuth. I love Pat Fryermuth. TJ Hawkinson in a tight end premium format is gold because he's going to get so many targets. It's unbelievable. but. In a straight-up PPR, I mean, he'll still be good, but he just won't be that kind of borderline mm-hmm. elite tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really hoping uh, Fryermuth was going to make it. Cause one, I knew I would snipe you on him. I know how much you love him for this upcoming season. Um, and it just would have been great value there in the ninth, you know, end of the ninth round. Like, yeah. Um, but we are in kind of that dead zone for um, tight ends. So it's like, does it really matter if you take, you know, TJ Hawkinson or Dalton Schultz or Cole Komet or Hunter Henry? Like, I mean, they're all kind of the same guy, you know, when you get to this point of the draft. Sure. Sure. Yeah, it's it's true. Uh, yeah, Dalton Schultz. I mean, of the bunch remaining, best option. And so I do agree with taking Dalton mm-hmm. Schultz there. It gets Mm -hmm. really interesting in these kind of leagues when you look back. So Kyle Pitts, I was talking about at 202. And I, like I said, I would have done it. I would have felt comfortable doing it. But then you look at Pat Fryermuth way down here in the ninth, understanding they're not the same player. And I'm not saying that they're the same player. But 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I say I wouldn't normally probably take Gusecki here in the ninth, but I did want to round out my my starting lineup here just for the purposes of this mock draft here. All right, that's fine. You have a weird love of Mike Gusecki. I'll, I'll never understand it. You don't have to understand it. Just accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that's ask fair. you to understand. You know what? That's that's fair. No, I get it. I, I well, I don't get it, but I get it. <laughs> uh, Matt Ryan, there, the second mm-hmm. quarterback. Uh, for runner twenty two thirteen, Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts and Matt Ryan, you've got ceiling, and now you've got kind of a respectable floor. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's maybe just for one year, but it'll get you through. And I, I had honestly thought about taking him instead of Tannehill because I was like, yeah, he's got a decent floor, but he's also got upside with ceiling with that team. Um, maybe not like top five upside, but I mean. He's got some decent upside with the weapons they have there. And, and I'm expecting Indianapolis to draft another wide receiver here. So I think, you know, I like I like that pick, especially in the ninth round. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, if you had known you could get Matt Ryan here, would you have taken Tannehill in the seventh? Probably not. Yeah. So I, I, I took it because I felt like I needed another solid quarterback and i thought there might be a little bit more of a run but again as we're going through here this is just a mock it's only nine rounds you know who's to say had we gone longer you know had would more quarterbacks get taken you know hard to say this it really is and this is why it's painful to look backwards sometimes at the end of your drafts i almost advise to to never do it i just say don't always keep your eyes forward <laughs> don't look to the past it can only disappoint uh unless it's redraft and redraft i just absolutely love it yeah uh, okay jake my teams are always perfect here I'm you go mr irrelevant i've positioned myself to take the final pick in this draft and i'm gonna milk every second of this clock just to be that guy well jake i do just want to say um you know, you are one of of two teams here that um, was able to block color code your your draft. So good job with that. <laughs> Thank you. I work very hard on that. Uh, I went in doubles. Of course, we're an odd uh, round of draft, so I won't be able to do it all the way through. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I did pretty well. Yeah, the OCD in me loves that move. So thank you. (laughs) You're very (laughs) welcome. All right, I'm going to go ahead and and end this thing right now uh, with uh, hope if it'll let me. Oh, I don't know. It's it's not letting me draft, Dustin. Oh, boy. I'm going to take it right down to the wire. Let me click refresh here. Can I can I can I do it? Can I do it? Okay, now the buttons are good. I'm going to go with a guy who says he may or may not play football oh, again. Lord. But if he does, Rob Gronkowski is coming back to have another top six tight end year. So why the hell not? That concludes the draft. One guy we didn't talk about just real quickly. He mm-hmm. stuck up right before my pick was Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. At that stage, ninth round, what have you really got to lose? You know what you're yeah. in for this year, but beyond that, could be anything. Yep. Yeah, could even be a boat. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I'm here for you. So, Jake, why don't you tell the folks a uh, recap of your team here real quick? Yeah, so I kicked things off with two running backs, which is not my norm for Dynasty, but I went with Najee Harris and DeAndre Swift, followed it up with a couple of quarterbacks, one young, one old, Trevor Lawrence and Aaron Rodgers, then just hit the wide receivers hard with Elijah Moore, Michael Pittman, Michael Thomas, And my dude, Brandon Cooks, wrapped it up with a complete dart throw that could maybe bear some good fruit this year in Gronk. So, um, comment in the draft that said, Jake drafts team of boomers. Do you feel like you got very much a boom-bust team here, Jake? I've got like two boomers on on the entire team. I'll have you know. I I had a youth movement at wide receiver. No, not boomers. A a boom-bust team team where you're going to have very high ceiling or very low floor. I don't know. I'm taking the comment as the original interpretation with old <laughs> old fucks. Uh, but if we're looking at it from a boom-bust perspective, yeah, I actually do think that that's pretty fair. Outside of a couple of picks like Najee Harris, 
who I think is just going to be super steady, super consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there's definitely some guys that if they come back and do what I expect, it's the moon. And if they don't, well, okay, I start trading. So that's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll say for my team, uh, I'll recap it here. So I have Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Alvin Kamara, Kirk Cousins, Josh Jacobs, Leonard Fournette, Ryan Tannehill, Juju, and Mike Gusecki. If this was indeed a real draft, um, I I wouldn't be too disappointed with how this has started here. Uh, I'm not overly in love with my quarterback situation. That that might be my only only downfall. But um, it's just with with uh, these superflex drafts now and, and quarterbacks worth their weight in gold. If um, you know you don't snag one early, you got to kind of piecemeal it together. Not that I think it's going to be an anchor on my team by any stretch of the imagination. Like you know, you said Jake Kirk Cousins always that like perennial QB twelve, QB thirteen, right in that area. So he's going to be fine for a couple years. And like you said, you can trade later and upgrade the position. So I, I'm not overly concerned with it. Um, and obviously, um, you know, we didn't have any of the rookies in this draft either. So that would kind of change things a little bit too. Um, um, especially later on in the draft, maybe trying to get some of those rookie quarterbacks so that uh, to bolster your team for the future. Agreed. Agreed. But this is a nice spot here. So we're we're into April now. You know, we're nearing up on the rookie draft. And after the rookie draft actually happens in the NFL, I would feel a lot more comfortable about slotting them into my drafts as a mm-hmm. whole. But, you know, I'm just not a rookie expert. We're going to have rookie experts on the show who will help us out with some of this. And that will be very welcome. But for now, I like to see the landing spots before I actually take one of them onto my roster. That's just who I am, Dustin. Mm-hmm. I tend to uh, fall on that side of the coin as well, Jake. I love it. All right. Hey, just real quick. We got to pick out one team and it can't be your own. Cannot be your own team that won this draft. Are there any that stick out to you? Oh, let's look through them here real quick. Because I've got one that's that's sticking out to me that I, I do think pretty much crushed it from start to finish. Um, but I'm curious to see if it's going to be the same as yours. It's it's color coded. If that helps. Oh, so it's JPEP twenty. Oh wait, well no, there was another color color coded one, man. You you missed it. Chubbs Chubbsburger. Oh okay. Uh, also blocked him off pretty well. Mm-hmm. But Pat Mahomes, Matt Stafford, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, AJ Dillon. I know that was a questionable ish pick of going before Aaron Jones, but I don't hate it. Then no. Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Rashad Bateman, who I'm high on, and hence why I'm high on this draft, mm-hmm. and Pat Fryermuth. I mean, it feels like a team of almost my guys, which is why I really <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, as I was going through, that was definitely one that caught my eye. Uh, I do like, uh, for the most part, uh, Dumpster Dom, his team, with Watson, McCaffrey, Metcalf, Higgins, DJ Moore, Waller, James Conner in the seventh, I think is good value. Uh, Davis Mills, he showed a lot of upside. Christian Kirk in the ninth, who should be the number one option there in Jacksonville. So I do really like that team as well. I like the team, but the quarterback situation terrifies me too much to annoy it does. the winner of the draft. I mean, between all of the issues surrounding Deshaun I know, Watson and I know. Davis Mills, who I like, I like Davis Mills. I just would not feel comfortable rolling in with that cadre of quarterbacks. Right, right. No, I, I mean, again, it's it's got a lot of upside to it, um, but hey, <sighs> you don't weigh in, you don't wrestle. <laughs> I love it. That's how we should end this episode. <laughs> All right, so let's do that. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. This was a lot of fun. Um, thanks for all the... Uh, uh activity in the chat both on sleeper with the the drafters and then um on uh, Streamyard here um we didn't get to all the comments cuz we were busy analyzing the draft and um making our own picks so uh but uh that was a lot of fun so thank you everyone thank you to all of our drafters for uh popping in and and um making this draft a lot of fun we really do appreciate it um 
go check us out wherever you find your podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe. Give us a rate and review. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, go find us there. Um, just type in Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football. We'll pop up. We're the only ones named that. Hit the little bell. It'll let you know when we go live every single Tuesday as we do at the same time. So uh, until then, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Shut up, shut up.